Force O'Neill, thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to episode 412 now of the Ron and Don Show. And heck yeah, we are live in the show up studio. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, you probably saw uh, Johnny Depp's lawyers making the rounds, and a lot of people are asking, should he just step forward right now and forgive her of all this debt that she has created for herself? And what would that do? Because it seems like a lot of us love Johnny Depp again. And who knows? Maybe that would get him back in the pirate suit. That's what a lot of people are thinking. We'll talk about that. Also, uh, voters have just sent a very clear message, I think, to liberals all around the country. And a lot of people think we're liberals. They call us libtards. It's, it's funny. Ron and I can talk about something. We, we get attacked from the right and the left. And, and it's very interesting to me. On a particular opinion, uh, people will think we're way too Republican, and other people will think we're way too uh, libtardish about it. So, nonetheless, I think a very clear message was just sent. What is that message? And are people paying attention? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. We're going to do a quick sports whip. A sports whip just means I'm going to throw out a couple sports stories and get Ron's reaction and my reaction. Story number one in our sports whip. Your Broncos last night, I got a little... Uh, uh, ding-dong, a notification from ESPN saying that the Denver Broncos have been sold for close to $5 billion, Wow. With a B. $5 billion. Did you know that? I did not know that. I didn't see it. Um, that is incredible amount of money. Pat. So Pat Bolden was the longtime owner of the Denver Broncos uh, going back decades. And it was very interesting because he got a degenerative brain disease. And I don't remember if it was Alzheimer's or dementia or a combination of both. But when when you're a franchise owner of a professional sports league, most of the time uh, you're that for life. And then in the NFL, at least, it stays in the family. So when you look at the Rooney family in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, that that franchise just gets handed down. Dallas Cowboys, Jerry Jones is bringing his sons along. Uh, Al Davis's son, Mark Davis, runs the Raiders. So to the Seahawks, the Seahawks, you, you sort of keep it in the family. And so his uh, as Pat Bolden, his health deteriorated. He brought John Elway in uh, to run the team. He ended up getting the Super Bowl with, with Peyton Manning. Uh, they lost one and then they against the Seahawks and they won one. And there was a, an affection from the city of Denver towards Pat as his health was going down, which just a recognition of, Hey, you weren't perfect. Um, we went through a lot of really bad years, but you, you spent what you needed to spend to bring some championships here. And so as his health declined, John Elway was trying to bring Sammy Winder back. 
To bring Sammy Winder back. <laughs> he, he was trying to be the man. He was trying to say, is there a way? And the three way? amigos. <laughs> yeah, Van, Vance Johnson's going to come back. He's yeah, gonna, and Morton was in, in, in the uh, back there. And Carl Mecklenburg. Yeah. I put could, in 77. I could, I could do some Orange Crush with you. I have no problem with that. Uh, and so I think John Elway, for whatever reason, didn't crystallize as the, the you know, going to be the next figurehead and the, the ownership there. But his his... His wife, and I believe Pat had a daughter. I don't think he had a son. I think they just said, we're not football people in the same way that Pat was a football person. Uh, there have been famous uh, female owners in sports. Marge Schott owned the Reds for a long time. Uh, you had, is it Fontieri that owned the Rams? Was that her name? Yeah. Uh, Fontieri owned the Rams for a long time. So it's not that there's never been a female ownership in professional sports, but they just, I think, looked at this and went, hey, if we're valued at five billion, let's go. Isn't like, it? Isn't it interesting? You just went out and you bought Russell Wilson, and already there's some rumblings about his money. Already rumblings about Russell Wilson and his money. And I wonder, isn't that incredible? You would you 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 did you really did what Mike Ditka did when he went to New Orleans, and he went all in on Ricky Williams and gave away ten draft picks. That's kind of what the Broncos have done with Russell Wilson. It'll be interesting to see where he is at in his career. Because we saw when you let Russ cook, Russ throws a lot of interceptions. When you let Russ cook, he fumbles the ball a lot. When you don't let Russ cook and you have really good defense, you win Super Bowls like we did in 2013. Did you see him trying to invent a new catchphrase? Because he, does, he doesn't want to do go Broncos. He can't. He had go, he, go he Hawks forever. I, I know. And so he's trying, and it just, it's not. It's he's not, not he, He's not into it. He's not into it. It's, Nobody it's, else let's, into ri- it. let's rise together Broncos or, or something. Let's, let's rise, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you what. I was pretty disgusted by this sale. Do you know who they sold to? No. The Waltons. Really? Yeah. Wow, I did not know this. Yeah, I need I need to read the, the news more often. So look at the top twenty five richest families and people. Just look at the richest people in the country. Top twenty five. Probably nine of those will have the name Walton behind it, and Sam Walton. You know him from Walmart. This is what pisses me off about this, and the reason why. And I haven't heard anyone. I, I haven't heard anyone say this. You guys, it's just my my own personal feelings as I as I think about this. The reason why they selected the Waltons, you think about all the merchandise that Walmart can sell and will sell when it comes to the NFL. That's why the other owners said, yeah, we want Walmart aboard because we hire Walton. We bring in Walton. Walmart is fully on board. If we go with somebody, if we were to go to someone like Jay-Z, who's worth a billion dollars, and say, hey, do you think you could put a group together to buy the Denver Broncos? Because the majority of our athletes are black. All our owners are white except for one. He's Middle Eastern. He's down in Florida, and he is struggling right now with that franchise, struggling big time. So all our ownership is white. And there's this thing about the old boys network and the fact that, think about some of these franchises that these guys have created. Like Al Davis, he was just a football coach. And the reason that team right now is probably worth more than $5 billion, six or $7 billion being in Las Vegas. And with that new stadium, it's got to be worth $7 billion. And the Davis family made all their money off of football, which means they made all their money off mostly of black men out there playing football. And what upsets me is it used to be 
that you didn't have a lot of African-Americans, especially in the entertainment business, that would be able to go out and put together a $5 billion uh, bid. That is not true anymore. And they considered five other offers. All those other offers that they looked at were from people like the Waltons. And how much more money do they need to make? How much more money does the NFL need to make? And I'm just telling you guys, I look at the ownership in the NFL. I look at those luxury boxes. I've been in all of them, including Jerry Jones' luxury box after a game with his son. who was a good friend of mine. And I tell you what, none of the wives were there, but there are lots of other women there, including some of the Dallas Cowgirls. And then later on late night, all the stories that you heard about Jerry, they are stories. It's the truth. So with all this said, that's what's disgusting to me. And I know you're a lifelong Bronco fan. I, I hope, because I think the Seahawks will be up for sale here sometime soon as well. I, I hope there's an opportunity here for somebody, and not with a minority stake, like Russell Wilson has a minority stake in the Sounders, which means he doesn't own any of it, really. They're just using his name. It's kind of like Britney Spears when you open up a restaurant, you call it Britney Spears. She doesn't really own that restaurant. They're just licensing that name. That's kind of what you're doing when you bring on some of these minority owners. I, I, I would like to see a black owner in the NFL, Ron. I would. I, I agree with you 1 million percent on that. And I'll need to go back and read the Bronco stuff uh, because it, I, that story totally skipped me. All right, golf, Phil, Saudi Arabia. Uh, what's he saying? What's he doing? And it seems like the PGA is now saying, well, if you go play in Saudi Arabia, we don't think we're going to kick you out of the PGA. But right now, nobody knows. And... <laughs> Nobody knows how to deal with Saudi Arabia, especially when they're out murdering people. What are your thoughts? I'll be very curious to your take on this. So what has happened is a a rival golf association has been formed called LIV, L-I-V. It is financed by part of the Saudi Arabian government. And what they've done is they have eight tournaments. And five of those tournaments are in the United States. Two of the five are at Donald Trump Championship Golf Courses in the United States. One tournament is in London. Another tournament is in Asia. And I think one tournament is in Saudi Arabia. So they went to the top 50 golfers in the world and said, if you leave the PGA and come here, we're going to pay you a lot of money. Uh, The tournaments are going to go from 72 holes to 54 holes. So three days instead of four days, you're going to get a guaranteed signing bonus when you show up. Um, there's no cut. So if you show up, you get to play the entire tournament and we're going to pay you lots of money to do so. And the pushback was that there are human rights violations with Saudi Arabia, uh, the government itself. And so that was sort of the, the PGA saying, if you go and you play over here, then you can't play with, with the PGA events anymore. So Dustin Johnson, who at one time is married to Wayne Gretzky's daughter, Paulina, uh, he's made $75 million on the tour in his life. He was one time was the number one golfer in the world, won two majors. He renounced his PGA membership, and he went over, and he is now playing with Liv. I think he was guaranteed $80 million over four years uh, to be a marquee player there. Phil Mickelson, who has not renounced his PGA membership, uh, he, they say, is upwards of $200 million, uh, to just to show up at these eight tournaments a year and play. And so the rub here is, um, well, I won't double barrel question you. One, do you fault these players for taking a guaranteed payout for working less 
Um, and because the PGA does not guarantee money for working less, but it happens to be Saudi money. Yeah, you're talking about something I don't care about. I don't care about golf. Uh, I don't care about any of the stories. I don't care about any of the players. Uh, yeah, I don't. I I I I don't care. I care about football because I think I grew up playing the sport. I'm horrible at golf, and to me, everything is football. So the harder I try at golf, the worse I get. And you've been golfing with me. We'll go to a vineyard somewhere, and I just I. I'm off in the grapes, man. And if, if if I wear like a white shirt or white pants, uh, by the time it's 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 over, I look like a a big grapefruit juice. So I I yeah, I just I don't I I've never connected with that sport, and and I have great appreciation for the people that can play it, uh, but I don't appreciate it myself. So I don't I don't care. Okay. Deshaun Watson, I do care about this. 66 therapists now uh, he used. More women now stepping forward. Does he play this year in the National Football League? I hope not. I mean, I hope the NFL, if you go through and you read. He couldn't get a job at a Circle K with his background, but you can get a job in the NFL. Yeah, Cleveland Browns, I think, need to look in the mirror long and hard uh, and and reconsider that decision. But if you don't know the backstory, I mean, I don't even want to describe Meanwhile, yeah, Baker Mayfield uh, just hanging out at the stadium. Because that's his home, you guys. See you on the other side of this. John and Lauren Greenland were longtime listeners of Ron and Don, so when they needed to sell, they called the guys and were immediately glad they did. It really helps to have somebody who knows the market, knows the process, understands construction, that can just point you in the right direction. So I really appreciated that about working with the team. The Greenlands say, unlike other realtors, Ron and Don were intimately engaged in every step of the process, not only advising them on where and where not to spend money to get the house ready, but they actually rolled up their sleeves and helped out on projects all over, even hauling stuff to the dump. We actually felt like we were their only customers. Because of all the attention that they paid to us. They were all in with us on this project, including on a Sunday night when we would have a question. They were there every step of the way. Still, the bottom line was the bottom line. When I said what I thought we could get, they were just kind of dead silent. Like, you can get a lot more than that. So we were thrilled. And they did, closing for far more than they could have imagined. And the Greenlands say they got way more than just a great price. There was a friendship that developed and a, and a, and a trust. We love them. So when it's your time to sell, get more for your door. Schedule your Ron and Don sit down today at ronanddon.com. You're listening to the Ron and Don Show on the Ron and Don Radio Network. ronanddon.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 412. And I don't want to get into a lot of politics on this show, but I do think as we're heading toward midterms, everybody needs to pay attention here. And again, Ron and I, I'm pretty Republican on a lot of things, and I'm pretty Democratic on on other things, and a Democrat on other things. I guess if you're going to throw around labels, I think labels sometimes are so not interesting because I don't think anyone is 100% the ticket on one side or the other. I just don't. And I think the really interesting conversations happen in the middle when we really talk, be curious, and listen to each other. Politicians want us to be labeled because they want to create division. That's how you get voted in. And if there's not a problem that you can't solve, then nobody wants to vote for you. When you're going to make America great again, whether you believe in that or not, it's a great slogan. 
because it's something that you can go out and campaign around. That's saying America's not great right now. You're you're tuning in to those people out there that feel that way, and you're going to make it great again. Evidently, you can't make America great in four years. Maybe you need eight years. I don't know what the magic formula is, but I'm telling you this. Democrats better really pay attention because down in California, yeah, down in California, they just told the DA down there to take a hike. It is very unusual to kick someone's out of office, and that's exactly what they did. And the DA down there that got voted in, this is right after George Floyd was murdered. This is right after people were watching, marching during the pandemic and said they want to defund the police. This is right after people were looking at video after video of watching police officers shoot people uh, when they felt like... I think you just shot him in the back. Why did you do that? I've heard about these stories, but now I'm seeing these stories. And sometimes you're seeing these stories and you're watching the videotape of the actual police officers that are involved because they're wearing the body cam footage. I'll give you an example. A guy down south, just he, he was a homeless person and he just drowned to death. And you can hear him telling pl- three police officers, save me, save me, save me. I'm drowning, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. They let him drown. And right at the point where he's about to drown, they cut off the video. They said it's too horrific to see. And then what they did is they just sent out the transcript. Based on what I've seen of cops shooting people in the back, and I'm pro-cop, and you know that. I've dated cops, been engaged to cops. Probably have 40 cops' phone numbers in my phone. It continues to grow. I, I, I look at those particular cops right there, and I'm like, Wow. It would have been better if somebody else would have gone out there to deal with this gentleman because he's sitting on a bench, he's homeless, and he decides he's going to go for a swim. And the next thing you know, he's asking for help. And they tell him, hey, we're not going to jump in after you. And he ends up drowning as a result of that. And then we don't get the whole story. So I think we'll all agree. I think all of us will agree that a lot of our police departments have to be, we have to rethink those and would have been better to allow a cop to be on patrol or, or, looking into sexual crimes, for instance, here in Seattle, which we aren't investigating right now because we're just trying to get enough cops out there to respond to 911 calls. I have a friend that's a CSI investigator. She's having a hard time going out investigating because her whole team is gone, and she has to go to things like the uh, this, this weekend. They're having the Washington Husky uh, graduation. She has to go to that and put on a, her cop suit that I don't think she's worn in 20 years just because there are no cops. So all that to say, All that to say, when we are thinking about our cities and rethinking these police departments and doing deep work, I think we need to pay attention that as we're doing this deep work, a lot of police officers have walked away because the way they felt treated in this country, not just here in Seattle, but all over the place they've walked away. And as a result of that, crime, crime is skyrocketed. There's cities around America, not just here in Seattle. We see the homeless problem. We see the 10 issue. We see all that. In Ron, in California, to tell a DA that you voted in during George Floyd to take a hike, we want law and order in California? We've lived in San Francisco. We know how liberal it is there. This is pretty astounding, and, and, I, and I think Democrats better pay attention. 
Because anytime you don't have law and order and anytime you have inflation, which is now going to turn into stagflation, which means inflation is out of control. You can't stop inflation. You can go ahead and raise the interest rates. And this is what happened. Jimmy Carter was president in the 70s, and he was unelectable because stagflation just kept going. It's when inflation keeps going. And the only breaking mechanism you have are those interest rates. And it is not working. It seems like in this particular case, it is not working. What is the message being sent right now? Because we're talking about what happened in California, but this is happening all over the country right now as elections have begun. I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see how these shake down. So you brought up the, I believe it was the L.A. Um, uh, district attorney that was recalled, where p- voters are coming out and saying, "Listen, we get it." We, 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 we want to be liberal with social policies. However, part of the social contract is I don't want car prowls all over the place in my neighborhood. I don't want property theft to go, uh, you know, unpunished. I don't want tents and homeless people everywhere. I don't want to walk, step over human feces when I'm out walking down the street. I don't want to turn and look in a doorway and see a human being living there. Uh, in my neighborhood. And so you have both of these things happening. You brought up San Francisco as well. In, in, in this is interesting because Washington, a lot of the times they say it lags behind San Francisco by maybe six months to a year. If we see in these midterm elections down there, policies and politicians kicked out that said, we're too uh, liberal Everyone gets free housing. Everyone, like, we're, you know, park your RV wherever you want. Uh, no worries on drug use. No worries on crime. Don't bother calling 911 because we don't have enough cops. The politicians that are gaining traction down there, taking on these incumbents, are saying, not only am I going to bring back the, the level of police that we had before we did this defunding movement, I'm going beyond that. We're adding more cops than we did. We're adding more um, drug counselors than we had. We're, we're going to increase the population of this. And the critics are going, well, how are you going to pay for that? How can we not pay for it is what they're saying. How do we not pay for it? How do we continue to just let people use the streets as their home, use the emergency room as their own personal uh, healthcare department whenever they OD or whenever there's a problem, they just call 911. And, and you've probably seen this as well as I have. You'll get five or six different first responders that have to come out. I just saw one the other day. I was down in South Lake Union. There was probably 15 uniformed personnel dealing with one RV. If you think about just the man hours, people go, oh, you can't afford to do this, that, or the other. What are the man hours of in woman hours of just the two fire engines, the two EMTs, the four or five cop cars that showed up? Uh, you talk about dispatch, management, like all of the man hours that went into that, that one call probably cost ten to $15,000 to go make that one call. I bet call. it costs more than that. We were talking about these officers that, that appeared to be callous, uh, this homeless man down south. I think it was down in Arizona sitting on a bench, and then he ended up drowning as a result of that. And it's because they're not trained to do that. They're trained to do other things. And we can't expect cops to do everything. And at the same time, what those cops did, it's pretty crazy and awful, you guys. And and I understand not jumping in, and, and maybe they've dealt with this guy 20 times, and that's the thing. You just get callous to it. Uh, and I've talked about the STAR program in Denver before and in other cities where they're sending out social workers instead of police officers to certain types of calls, and this would be 
uh, one of those types of calls, which I think is real important. So I'm telling you right now, if I'm Donald Trump and I'm not, I'm looking at some of the candidates that I have backed around the country that have done very well, very well. And then if you don't think he's going to run again, of course he's going to run again. Of course he's going to run. The kind of immunity that you have in your president. And I think he has a great shot, not a good shot. I think he has a great shot at becoming president again. Because for whatever reason, the whole deep state and the election wasn't correct the first time, that has resonated with a lot of people. And they believe that. I have people in my family that, that believe that. I'm astounded by it, but they believe it. And then, and then the other thing about making America great, and on the right, when you start banging, you start banging away, and, and you can just look at all the statistics, you can start banging away at law and order. But think about when we lost law and order. Law and order happened under his administration. We had no law and order. Uh, that's when you saw all the marches that happened all around this country, and he had no control over that. Uh, he was in charge on January 6th when there was no law and order uh, in the Capitol, but that's what he's going to run on. He's going to run on law and order and, and people are going to embrace that. And he's going to pretend like he loves cops and firefighters and everybody else. When in actuality, I think he just likes Donald Trump, but then making America great again, law and order. And then also inflation, the price of gas, uh, that right there will just hand him the election. We will see you on the other side. Hey, you guys, we want to thank everybody in the Ron and Don Nation that has been switching to Mitch and Mitch.loans. Mitch, I got to ask you, here comes 2022. A lot of people are thinking money's going to be way too expensive. I'm not even going to be able to afford a home. What are you hearing about money, finances, stock market, interest rates as we start looking at 2022? What does it look like? That's a great question. And everyone's saying rates will rise. But when we we have to keep in mind that rates rising is totally a perspective thing, right? Because rates have been, yes, two and a half, three percent recently. But when we were young <laughs> or when our parents bought houses, rates were 12, 15 percent. So still compared to that, rates are good and we see rates going up. But rates will stay manageable and money's still cheap, guys. All right. He's Mitch Weeks. He's the official mortgage guy of the Ron and Don Nation. Go to Mitch.loans right now. Tell him you're with Ron and Don and you save half a percent on your new loan. Mitch.loans, NMLS 169-1573. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. And don't forget, if you need to get in touch with us about real estate, you're thinking about buying or selling. Yeah, this summer is the time to get tuned up. If you're thinking about it, you're going to sell sometime this fall or even in the spring, write to Ron, ron at ronanddon.com. That's a new email address. And you can write me too, don at ronanddon.com. That goes right to our email box and then we can interact. Or if there's anything that we said on the show that you think is interesting, go ahead and write us, ron at ronanddon.com, don at ronanddon.com. Real quickly before we get out of here today, and chances are the by the time you listen to this, Amber Heard and... And uh, Johnny, as I like to call, that story is dying down a bit. What's what's really amazing is when you look at clicks, there were more people talking about that trial around the world than we're talking about the mass shooting that happened in Texas and that we're talking about uh, just the atrocities that are happening in Ukraine right now. Ukraine makes sense to me because we as a society, there's a burn rate of about 45 days on a news story like that. And then once we kind of see it's a standoff, 
then it's a back off. We back, we back out of that story. So I'm not surprised that people aren't clicking on that. I am surprised that more people are clicking on that trial than they were about this mass shooting that only happened in Texas, but the 274 mass shootings that have already happened this year. And in fact, this weekend, there were over 11 people killed in a handful of mass shootings over the weekend. So many so, so many now uh, that news agencies can't even cover them all. So I think, I, I think though, I think if you're Johnny Depp and his attorneys right now have been making the rounds, Amber Heard is in a position where she has to come up with $10 million, and I don't think she can pay it. Uh, Her attorneys are going to want her to get paid because uh, that's how they're going to get paid. And on the other side, I can't imagine the attorney fees for Johnny Depp. they got to be $5, $6 million, and the same for her. These attorneys are not free, right? They're going to want to get paid. So anyway, here's the best thing that I think Johnny Depp could do is to reach out to her side and say, you know what, we're going to go ahead and we're going to forgive all that money. I just want to make sure I'm going to pay my attorney's fees. You pay yours. I just want to make sure that this particular story, anything about it, isn't going to get retried. Because if this gets retried in front of a different jury, because this jury was five men, two women. What if this was five women, two men? Or what if this was a judge and not a jury trial like it was in UK where they presented all the same information and he lost over there and the judge thought he was guilty and over here in the States? Yeah. Seems like he won the internet. His attorneys are saying, hey, it had nothing to do with the internet. It had to do with the evidence. I think it had everything to do with the internet because those people were not sequestered. They're going home every night. They were reading the internet. They're looking on their phones. Give me a break. Uh, They were also sleeping a lot now, uh, we found out. Uh, from the court reporter there, that the jurors spent a lot of time sleeping uh, through the trial. These two fought. I think they're both guilty of domestic violence. I think they're both guilty of not taking responsibility for any of their actions. It's disgusting to me on both sides. And the best thing that he could do to get his career back is to not have this retried. And the only way she's going to not retry it is if you say, hey, you're forgiven that dough. Plus, the public will look at that. They'll see him as being very heroic and nice. And then maybe they send out a statement saying, hey, at the end of this, it got a little ugly. Uh, but hey, let bygones be bygones, and we're going to move on. Because you, you hope, at least she hopes, that somehow she can scrape together a career once again. Because right now, she doesn't have one. And it looks like you never know. He might be uh, Captain Jack Sparrow again. Yeah, he. Um, she's trying to tie this to women's rights and like she she wrote that original article during the the height of the me too movement and so her attorneys are trying to re reattach that balloon so to speak and go this is not just bad for amber it's bad for all women and that balloon got popped it's too late it it is so like that has deflated on her and does not have the same emotional weight with the country it's not connecting and landing the same way and so she sort of keeps hitting that one note over and over again you're right if johnny depp and he his his attorney signaled to this that hey it was never about the money for us it was about reclaiming his career 10 million dollars is a lot of money but maybe not in johnny depp world maybe he can absorb that and and not have to worry about it but he would have to be guaranteed that there's some sort of a gag order on his ex-wife that says, if I forgive this $10 million, no more op-eds, you never mention my name in print again, you don't try to tie me to the Me Too movement, you can't tie me to violence for women and, and make these global statements where she is still trying to 
to put Johnny Depp into that universe of abusers. And, and her attorneys are still trying to do that even after the verdict went uh, against her. So if you're Johnny Depp, you would have to get in writing all those guarantees in before you would give that $10 million back and just say, Amber, shut up. Take the, the, the forgiveness of the $10 million. Never mention my name again in public, in, in print, anywhere, ever. And, and you can the, the second you do, that $10 million comes right back on your head. Or if she feels like she's right and she retries it, then he's still unhireable. He'll still be unhireable. Yeah, they, Nobody, they, they nobody's going to hire him with another trial looming. And she knows that. So she does have leverage uh, over him. And a lot of people don't think she does. She does. But she has lost it all, and she has nothing to lose. And he has everything to lose still. Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Ron and Don Show. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to sit down with us, yeah, we do something called Ron and Don Sit Down. It's a 30-minute, it's about 30 minutes usually. We have a cup of coffee virtually. We find out if we are going to be good partners in the real estate game. And right now, we are helping people all over the place, from Olympia to Woodby Island, from West Seattle all the way over to the east side, all the way out to Duval and places like Snohomish, if you're our Snohomies, Snoqualmies, if you're our Snoqualmies, whatever it is. If you need us, just reach out. We'll do a sit-down. How can people uh, reach out to you personally, Ron? Yeah, you can email me, ron at ronanddon.com, or you can go to the website, ronanddonsitdown.com. You can uh, just click the form there, schedule a sit-down, and uh, put in your information. Yeah, and I'm Don at ronanddon.com. Yeah, ronanddonsitdown.com. And don't forget, if you need a loan, Mitch.loans. And our thanks to Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show. Because once again, we are live in the Les Schwab studios. Hey, you guys, uh, episode 413. Yeah, it'll be here before you know it. So in the meantime, don't forget, keep your head up, shoulders back, and we'll see you next time. Because you're listening to the Ron and Don Show. Oh, my! The Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back. And keep blowing that trumpet. And we'll see you next time. Only! Only! Only, only, only on the Ron Don Radio Network.